Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. The ethos in Irish school system, or the system, according to one group, is causing real harm to families all over the country. Now, this is according to the Parents' Advocacy Group. And it comes after a school in Blessington County, Wicklow, told parents it would not be including contraception or same-sex relationships in its sex education classes. Now, this is a national school, by the way, primary school. Parents at Lacken National School have said they were appalled to hear that teachers at the school will not cover topics such as contraception and same-sex friendships. Now, I'm curious about the words friendships. I'll get to that in a minute. The school said children who ask questions about either topic will be told to talk to their parents. Now, this story started last year when the majority of parents at the school last year signed a letter calling for relationships and sexual education to be fact-based and free from the influence of religious ethos. And you may remember we spoke to the Education Equality spokesperson, David Graham, about this at the time. Well, a year on, it seems the school have still not accepted the wishes of the parents. And the Education Equality spokesperson, David Graham, joins me on the line. Good afternoon to you, David. Good afternoon, Niall. It's like a Groundhog Day here, isn't it? It, it, it kind of is. Right, well, forgetting that people might have heard us talk before, and let's go back to the start again in relation to this. Obviously, it's a Catholic school with religious ethos. And what is it exactly that the parents want? I mean, in your view, to, to simplify, what is it they're looking for exactly? Well, the best way to answer that question is to actually quote the words of the parents themselves who wrote to the school uh, on the 17th of May last year. I have their letter here in front of me. Uh, This was in the context of the controversial Flourish program that was due to be rolled out at the time. This is a program um, that has been written by or on behalf of the, the Irish Catholic bishops. And this is what the parents at the school wrote. I quote, as parents of primary aged school children, we do not feel the Flourish program is fit for purpose when teaching RSE to children. It is discriminatory to LGBTQ plus children and families, and it does not correspond with the view of the state. What is taught to all children in Ireland, especially in regards to sexual education, should be fact-based and what all the children here should be free from influence of a religious ethos. And they go on to, um, to note the complete failure to align the teaching of RSE in primary and secondary schools. There's a, a clear disconnect in the approach taken at primary and secondary level. Um, and uh, essentially the parents you know, said to the school that they, they just wanted fact-based, inclusive uh, or SE. And at the time, they thought that they had, uh, you know, uh, got an understanding from the school, at the very least, that they wouldn't use Flourish. But of course, as we've seen, it seems to be effectively impossible to disentangle religious influence from the curriculum in, in many Catholic schools, irrespective of the wishes of the local parents. See, I'm with you in the middle here, David, in a sense that I, I agree with you in relation to Flourish, by the way. I, I don't think any influence or Catholic influence or, or Christian or religious influence when it comes to sex education should be thought in schools. For example, in American schools and public schools, for example, there is no religious ethos. Um, you know, you have to go to a private school if that's what you want. The problem we have here in Ireland, unfortunately, is that about 90% of the schools are Catholic ethos, so you can't kind of get away from it. So it is difficult unless you happen to live near, um, you know, uh, a school that's free from any kind of ethos whatsoever. Um, what do they call those other schools? It's gone out of my head. Anyway, we know the schools we're talking about. I mean, yeah. uh, educate together, that's the ones, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing about it is, I agree with you in the sense that, yes, there should be no ethos and the ethos shouldn't be controlling what t- t- children are learning. But I mean, realistically, you know, in primary school level, what are they learning that could be influenced anyway, apart from, you suggest topics such as contraception and same-sex friendships. Now, I'm assuming you don't talk about contraception in schools, in primary school. 
No, I mean, RSE has to be delivered in an age-appropriate way, uh, of course. So it has to be appropriate to the, to the age and developmental stage uh, of the children. Um, but if the issues weren't relevant at all, it would be you know, surprising that the school would even think to refer to them. I mean, clearly, the role of this program in primary school is to prepare children ultimately for, yeah. the, education, for the education that they will go on to receive in secondary school, Niall. There has to be a connection. Like, you can't have children walking out of sixth class of primary school having been taught that puberty is a gift from God and a few months later finding themselves in first year of secondary school being told that it's a biological process. Do you understand? And, and, I, and I understand the contradiction and I know I battled with this for numerous years because I'm an atheist myself. So I understand the contradiction between science and religion and there's a massive contradiction obviously between both. I mean it's, it's bizarre that you can go into one class on a day and be told that God created everybody and go into a science class and talk about you know Darwin's theory of evolution. So there is a huge contradiction and I get that. But we do also have to respect the fact that Ireland is by far a Christian country and a Catholic country. Now, not everybody's a practicing Catholic, and I accept that as well. And I think we're all at a point now where we're probably a la carte either way, if, even if we are religious. But I'm still at a loss when it, when it comes to, say, park the secondary school. I'll come to back to that in a second, right? But primary school, what is it in primary school you're actually looking for? I don't disagree with the fact, for example, that a teacher should be have no barriers in saying to children, look, it's okay for a boy to have two daddies or, you know, a girl to have two mammies or a girl to have two daddies. And it's okay, you know, if you, in the future, if you want to marry a boy and you're a boy already, that's fine. That's all acceptable. Everybody does everything nowadays and that's the way it is. And there's no harm in saying all that. And I don't see any problem with that at all. But I don't see where sex ed comes into it in primary school because we're not going to be talking about the sexual act or having sex. I mean, it mentions in this about same-sex friendships. I think we all accept that, you know, little boys have little boys as friends and little girls have little girls as friends. So I don't see that being an issue and I don't think that is an issue. But so what, what part in primary school is the issue? Well, the, the, what the issue is here is essentially that the ethos of the school means that the school is imparting a hierarchical understanding of relationships and family types. Give me an, give me an example, David, of what you're talking about in, in primary school. Okay, you mentioned about puberty being a oh, gift from God. Okay, okay. Is that give one you, example? I, I'll give you an example, let's say, and this is a hypothetical example because I, I can't say I, I don't know everybody in the school community. Let's say there's a school, a, a child in, the, in, a, in this school or in a school like this. I mean, this... This school is pretty symptomatic of a much wider systemic problem. So, uh, you know, I don't want undue attention to well, be we did, we did reach out to the school, by the way, for a comment, yeah, but unfortunately they haven't not. come back to us. Understood, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's say, for argument's sake, uh, Niall, that you are a child from, with the same-sex with same sex parents okay. in the classroom, and you're, you're talking about RC and you're talking about family types, and you put up your hand and you say, um, well, I, I actually have two daddies. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the teacher will say to you, I'm sorry, you have to go home and talk to your parents about that. We can't discuss that in the classroom. I don't know a teacher that would say that. Is that what what they would say? That's what they're being instructed to say. If I can just quote... So the teacher can't just turn around, for example, and say, well, that's fine, that's okay. Some boys have two daddies and some boys have two mammies. That's okay. So can they not... Look, not, not allowed to say that. Let, let me let me read just a short excerpt from the from the letter that re- was received by parents just a couple of weeks ago on the fifth of April. This is these are these are the words of the school. I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth here. Quote: Teachers do not cover topics such as contraception and same-sex friendships. Children who ask questions in class on content outside the designated curriculum are encouraged to discuss this. Uh, to discuss the issue with their parents. Parents are informed and asked to talk to their child. 
Now, I have no, I have no issue in relation to, well, I don't same-sex friendship sounds like an odd thing to say, by the way, can I just point out? Of course <laughs> it is. Clearly they mean, clearly they mean same-sex relationships, but yeah, they, well, can't, they can't even bring themselves to, say, I know, to that's refer bizarre. to that. Because, I mean, friendships suggest, you know, I have a mate, and that's a friend, you know what I mean? A relationship. I mean, there's no, I, I don't see the issue. I, I think we're looking at two different issues. So the same-sex relationships... I would have no issue. I don't think anybody would have any issue with any teacher turning around and saying, that's okay. If you if you fall in love with a boy when you're older, that's perfectly fine. If you fall in love with a girl, that's perfectly fine. That's the way families are. And that's perfectly fine. I do believe in relation to contraception, it's a different kettle of fish because I think we have to be age appropriate. So if a child of nine years of age, for example, or 10 years of age in school, asks a teacher about contraception, I think it would be fair for a teacher to say that's something you need to talk to your mommy and daddy about or your mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy or whatever it happens to be that you talk to them about. Uh, I, I do see there's a stark difference between the two. So, well, there, there, there's, an, there's age appropriate ways of broaching all of these issues. I'm not a teacher myself, but I can certainly imagine that, children, that teachers would be sensitive to the age of the child. And they mm-hmm. might say something, something quite innocuous but truthful, such as, for example, you know, that the, the sexual act can, can, can produce babies, but sometimes people don't want to have babies. And there's different ways of ensuring that people can be intimate with each other without making a baby. Uh, uh, you know. Okay, that would be, uh, that would okay. be acceptable. By the way, that's acceptable in your eyes and in my eyes, uh, David, uh, absolutely. I wouldn't see an issue and I don't think anybody would have an issue with it. Well, here's the thing. When I say I don't think anybody would have an issue with it, we did do a topic last week about whose responsibility it is to teach your children about sex and we talked about LGBTQ and everything else. And a lot of the parents that called in said that was their responsibility up to secondary school. They believed it was their responsibility and nobody else's responsibility. So I, there are a lot of parents who believe it's their responsibility when it comes to that level. So I think you have two different levels with the same-sex friendships, inverted commas, or relationships, as we would like to call it, and the topic of converse, uh, contraception. I think they're two very different topics. But I do understand what you're saying, and the school blankly just saying, no, we're not going to discuss anything, and we're going to impose this very strict, what seems to be a quite strict Catholic ethos on the children. I think is wrong in 2022. And, and Niall, is, isn't there also a public health imperative here? I mean, it's all very well parents saying that they feel that they're responsible to impart this knowledge, and many parents will and will be very conscientious about it. There's no guarantee that every child in every household is going to receive comprehensive information from their parents. I mean, I'm no. a busy, busy parent myself. There's all sorts of things you're thinking about on a day-to-day basis. You might not simply get around to it. Um, so there is a public health imperative here. I mean, we want to do things like ensure that as children grow up, they understand basic concepts such as consent, that they understand how to avoid getting pregnant if they don't want to get pregnant, that they avoid sexually transmitted diseases, etc. But, but, et but I don't think that uh, for many parents listening today, and I could be wrong, but I'm from the conversations I had with parents last week. Now, my children are all over the age of 20, so I couldn't care less. But for the conversations I had with children or parents last week who have younger children, their concerns are about children under the age of 11, primary school children, being taught, um, you know, about sex education, you know, in any form, because they don't believe it's appropriate. Well, well, that conflicts with the view of the state. I mean, the NCCA um, is in the process of reviewing the uh, sex ed curriculum for both primary and secondary level and it's entirely normal not just in Ireland but internationally that children would receive age appropriate sex education um, in school both at primary I think rela- and I think relationship level. education David is important and, and, I yeah. think, and I don't believe anybody would have an objection to that as I said to you there's no objection I don't believe unless somebody's completely bigoted uh, there is no uh, there wouldn't be an objection to telling children that there's different types of families you know there can be single parent families there can be same sex parent families 
that, that I don't think anybody would have an objection to that, you know, or that, mm. you know, sometimes in life, maybe that, you know, if a, a man is not happy being a man, he can be a woman or whatever. That kind of education is all perfectly fine. But to start going delving into, you know, the sex or uh, intimacy or prevention of pregnancy at a very young age, for a lot of parents, wouldn't bother me, but for a lot of parents, it would be completely inappropriate. Well, the sexual component of it is only one element of a much wider curriculum. It would cover things like your changing body, your sense of self, puberty, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, but let's get real here as well. Children get access to all sorts of information I, these I days through their friends and through smartphones and so on. You cannot insulate a child forever, particularly kids you know, 11, 12 years of age, you know, which is a typical age where children start to get access to smartphones, uh, if not younger. I mean, what do you want? Do you want children to learn about sex from, from porn? Or do you want them to no, be I certainly don't. Learning, learning in a controlled in a controlled environment or a safe environment? And the fact of the matter is, um, Niall, that the but, school I, but, but here... David, you have to accept that everybody, uh, well, many people around this country have different views on sexuality, have different views on the issues of the day, so to speak, in relation to, you know, many of the things that we're talking about. For example, you know, Teachers, they were given out the other day, there's an article in the Irish Independent, uh, that they should be able to discuss, you know, non-binary and what do people think about that, etc., etc. They also should be able to, the Irish National Teachers Organisation, the INTO, estimates that thousands of members are forced to hide their sexuality due to fears of discrimination within schools. Now, I I don't necessarily understand that because if a teacher is gay, for example, um, I don't believe it's an issue in the classroom. I don't believe it should ever be even raised in the classroom because when I was a child, I didn't know my teacher's first name I didn't know if they were married or had children it didn't come into my education in primary school now in secondary school we kind of learned their first names and we thought we were cool because we knew their first names so I don't believe a, 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 a teacher's sexuality is important in the classroom certainly in primary school well um, you might say that Niall but unfortunately the reality is that many parents many teachers in fact the vast majority of teachers who are gay feel obliged to hide their sexuality from their employer um, which is the which is the school and the board of management? I mean, that's just the reality. But why why do they feel when I say from the mat leaving apart the students? I don't believe their sexuality is important to their students, but but from their management, why why do they why does it need the issue ever have to be arisen or come about? I well, don't understand. For, I, I'm lost. Okay, well, look, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna paraphrase a story that was shared by a, a very brave teacher who spoke out and, and did a, an interview following um, uh, their contribution to the INTO conference, I believe it was, recently. Uh, this teacher uh, is gay, and his partner at the time uh, fell very seriously ill, and he um, had to cover for this by t- in talking to his principal by pretending that this was a close friend rather than a partner, and that meant that they didn't get, they got com- uh, they didn't get compassionate leave or a paid leave, they wow. got unpaid leave, um, and this, this caused enormous distress to that to that teacher and that teacher well, subsequently. That's, well, that's that, outrageous. Well, it's reality. I, but, uh, it's but reality, I, Niall. And can I give you another but, example? And, and by the way, you were absolutely right. That is reality. But it is outrageous that a teacher would be t- treated differently because they couldn't discuss their partner because they happen to be in a same sex relationship. But I. I I don't believe that's the norm. I would hate to think that okay. principals all over the country are bigots. Unfortunately, Niall, you might not want to believe it's the norm, but what we're seeing here and what this letter shows is that these views are far more pervasive than we would like to admit. Do you really think so, David? Do you really think the majority of school principals are, you know, living in the past or are some way homophobic? I I don't think so. I think we need to give them a little bit more credit. 
to, to be clear now, like we're not trying to, you know, dump on, on teachers and principals and school staff. I think the vast majority of school principals and school staff do the very, very best that they can uh, within the kind of straitjacket of religious mm. patronage that's imposed on them. So this isn't, uh, this isn't a, a case of trying to, you know, attack school staff but there are many many cases many examples of where this religious ethos has very real harmful impacts on not just on on families who might be non-religious or or from a minority religious background but also on school staff and and they have very real impacts i'll give you another example that i came across a story i came across recently which is entirely credible because we hear these stories all the time this type of story um, there was a teacher who went forward for a principalship. She applied to become principal of, of her school that she was teaching in, and she was unsuccessful. And when she asked for feedback as to why she was unsuccessful, she was told, because your child didn't make their communion, so you were deemed not to have supported the ethos of the school, okay. and that was taken into account. Now, that's, that's a real no, story. And, and David, uh, David, I agree with you, and I've said it many times on the show, and I, I don't want to be, I have to sound reasonably impartial in relation to this because I'm atheist myself, but I believe uh, that it's time, and Rory Quinn talked to Minister for Education many, many years ago, talked about removing uh, you know, the ethos from the schools. And I do believe that we should go down that route, the same as the United States, for example, where public schools shouldn't have any religious ethos whatsoever. Yes, you know, you can te- teach them theology, of course, during class. That's that's fair enough. And teach them about religion. But, you know, siding with one religious belief over another is just ridiculous at this point because we live in a very different, diverse nation. So I think it's time that we started to look at that. Now, there are parents who still want to send their children to Catholic schools. And I think they still play a role in society because parents are Catholics and they do want to send their, their children to Catholic schools. In relation to the sex ed, um, yes, I, di- I agree with you in relation to Flourish. I don't. I think that I think we're past that point now. To be honest with you, I think we're well past it. But the problem, David, is, and I look at some of the texts coming in. The majority of the texts, by the way, are nice texts and they're good texts and everything else. But you still see texts from parents saying, "I don't want my kids learning about gay people," and I'll t- I'll give I'll teach my children about that. So there still is that 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 thirty three percent who didn't vote yes, for example, to marriage equality, who went out and voted and went out of their way to vote against it. There are still those people out there who, for whatever reason, and they're entitled to their views in life, uh, I'd rather debate with them than shout at them, um, they are still there and they still want to bring their children up with their moral views. Well, should those 33% be dictating to everybody else, now? Well, not, I mean, not, the, not in a democracy, no. The constitutional position in relation to marriage is extremely clear. 62.1% of the population voted in favour of same-sex marriage. The, the vote actually in Wicklow, believe it or not, where this school is, it was with 68.4%, so well over two-thirds of voters in Wicklow voted in favour of same-sex marriage. We have also voted emphatically in favour of other progressive change on other issues recent, in recent years, including, for example, Niall, divorce. I mean, the, the divorce referendum in 2019 has largely been forgotten because it was very controversial in the mid-90s, but these days it's considered par for the course that you can get a divorce. Do you remember what the result was of the divorce referendum? 82% yeah. of the population in 2019 versus 51% in, by the way in 1996 yeah, which shows you how far we've come it yes. was wafer thin in the mid 90s but unfortunately our education system is being run as though we were stuck not just back in the 90s but back in the 50s frankly and, and if I can just briefly explain what our position is at education equality what we're calling for 
in effect is that religious ethos should be removed from all taxpayer funded schools and that religious instruction should be offered after core school hours, so after school, on an opt-in basis, so an entirely optional basis. Similar to kind of Sunday schools in America. Exactly, you know, do you want your child to receive religious instruction after school? Tick a box, yes or no, and it really should be as simple as that in every taxpayer funded school. You can check us out on educationequality.ie You'll see there a link to our petition. We've over 7,000 uh, signatures on that petition at this stage. So look, this is, this is a very real issue, Niall, and unfortunately one of the re- most remarkable things about this debate, as you and I are discussing this, is that um, there's complete radio silence from the school in question. I'm not sure if you've ever we, been well, able to We did. Comments. You know, we, we did. We yeah. reached out to them already, but unfortunately yeah. we haven't you won't received. Get, no, they don't. They haven't commented. The NCCA, I mean, if you reach out to them, they're probably not going to comment either. The National Council for Curriculum and Assessment. The department, can the Department of Education not get involved to a point where the school have to have... Or respond in some way to this. Of course they Because can. I'm sure, I'm sure they they're are funded by taxpayers. Yes, so this is the entire point. These are entirely taxpayer-funded schools. I think people overlook this when they talk about Catholic schools as though, as though you know, the, the bishops were in the background sort of uh, giving up their hard-earned savings <laughs> to pay t- teacher salaries. Those not, days not are long happened. gone, yes. Those days the, are long the, gone. These are taxpayer-funded schools, entirely taxpayer-funded schools, and it really is up to the Department of Education. The, the one point that just briefly I would like to make is to point out that there are some Catholic schools that actually take a very different approach to RSE. There's a competition that's run uh, each year by the, uh, the LGBT group within the INTO, the Irish National Teachers Organization, called Different Families, Same Love. And believe it or not, Niall, there are a number of Catholic schools that take part in that competition each year. So even among the 90% or 89% of schools that are Catholic run, there's an inconsistent approach See, I, I, I think, David, I think finally, and I, I have to wrap it up because we're running out of time. I think the problem for many parents is, is they're okay with everything you're saying, um, but they fear that the, you know, the sky is going to fall in. So, you know, if we go down the road, say, of talking to children, say, in fifth or sixth class about same-sex relationships or friendships, inverted commas, and we go down that road, that what's next? Will they be telling children of four years of age? Because we're seeing what's happening in America and the big row that's going on in America uh, over the education, and not only in primary school, but in kindergartens, where they're telling children as young as four or five, uh, you know, about transgenderism and uh, homosexuality and all this. And a lot of parents believe that's just completely inappropriate, that children have enough to be worrying about at four or five years of age without talking about any kind of sexuality. So I I think, isn't that the fear of parents that if you go down this road, well, then it's a step further next year, a step further the year after? Isn't that where parents worry about primarily. Some, some parents will have that fear and I, I, of course they will and look you get the same kind of fear mongering in this area of RSE as you've got with the, the whole divestment debacle. I mean we spent 10 years trying to divest schools and the, again teachers were, uh, parents were being told that the sky was going to fall in and you know there'll be children getting lost on school trips because they haven't got uniforms and you know the, you won't be able to say dia grit in Irish because it has the word dia in it. I mean the, there's a lot of nonsense as well that's peddled in this debate. Of course of course, it's, it's important that RSE should be age-appropriate. Okay. And, and the proper authority to, to, to determine the curriculum is the NCCA, the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment, not bishops. All right, OK. So for parents listening out there, I suppose the word is that if your school is not teaching your children about same-sex friendships or relationships, not necessarily the sexual aspect of it, uh, you should be looking into as to why they're not. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air, David. Thanks very much, Niall. All right, there you go, David Graham, uh, Education Equality Spokesperson. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.